This is the Dazer Update for February 2nd, 2020. I'm Blake Bogomelko. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Lee Lamb. I think there's some sort of game today that people are really looking forward to. Uh, something involving a ball and feet. And hand egg or something like that. Uh, yeah. Sports ball! Yeah. Uh, well, to uh, anybody who's uh, like... Well, if you're watching the Super Bowl right now, then you're not listening to us. So, yeah. what's your problem, really? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do enjoy the football. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, been 50 years since uh, they've actually been in the Super Bowl, so a lot of people are rooting for them. Against the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who have been there uh, off and on over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it uh, should be a good game. You know, for most people, it's probably going to be a matter of just sitting through the game and waiting for the commercials, because that's what a lot of people tend to do. I'll probably check in here and there, assuming I can find a way to stream it that doesn't involve me selling my soul to a cable company. Uh, you so can also, stream it on the uh, on the Fox app. No, I'm not doing uh, that. No. It's also a palindrome day, if you didn't notice. Yeah. 0202 2020. <laughs> it kind of is. 0202 <laughs> Yeah, it's actually, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's pretty damn cool. Uh, so yeah, we'll get into uh, what we've been doing then, because we do have some interesting stories to talk about. Uh, Blizzard has, oh dear God, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. So, but before that, uh, we'll let's talk about what we've been doing this week. And for me, it's still PC Building Simulator. Been playing that a lot with the uh, new NZXT Workshop. I like that. Got uh, you know, still making my way through the career, trying to get up to a million dollars. It's yep. it's slow. Uh, it's really, really slow. I'm thinking of just editing my save game to get myself to 999,000 and then working the rest of it up there, but that would be cheating. Of course, if I don't do that, then I'm going to probably be spending the rest of eternity trying to work my way up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but beyond that, I'm just waiting for some of the new uh, games to come out, like, you know, Doom Eternal. I'm kind of looking forward to that and not doing a whole like a lot other than that and playing some emulated stuff. So that's about it for me. How about you, uh, Brandon? Uh, I'm still doing my uh, new game plus of Witcher 3. Um, and basically badgering everyone to play Gwent with me. <laughs> and there's a reason you have to do that. It's because a lot of times that's literally the only way you can get cards in the other decks. Um, there are a few places in the game where you can like go and just outright buy them, but for most of them, you actually have to like play someone to get it. And some of them are patently unfair. <laughs> uh, specifically, the monster deck, because the monster deck basically lets you leave a any particular random uh, card to stay on the field after a round is over. So you start with an advantage or disadvantage, depending on which side you're playing. Um, but uh, other than that, still playing Disco Elysium. Um, and uh game's starting to get a little bit into uh, the backstory of this universe. And holy shit, is it dark. Like... I mean, Disco Elysium is a hysterically funny game at times, but it is also equally as dark and disturbing as well. Uh, 
especially when you find out like what happened to this little territory after its revolution was suppressed, like violently suppressed. Uh, they legit, they literally like killed thousands of people and bulldozed them all into mass graves. Um, it can be pretty freaking horrifying. <laughs> Uh, and sadly, not outside the realm of fiction, because shit like that has totally happened. Uh, but at the same time, there's that point where I tried to, uh, hit on a woman, apparently, but I had too low of a, like, charisma link, so it ended up coming out as, I want to make fuck with you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's basically Disco Elysium in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I've been playing. So, Chris, what about you? Uh, Yeah, so I've been playing some more Rocket League. Uh, Unfortunately, right now, they've, for most of this weekend, have had server issues Mm -hmm. uh, involving them having to put uh, into what they call maintenance mode, uh, which turns off the... Uh, the Lucky Lanterns event, uh, I think it's been turning off the Rocket Pass stuff. Uh, so uh, it's been up uh, a bit here, but like when I go to the Rocket Pass page, it doesn't have any challenges in it. Mm-hmm. Or, or like I can't get to that section of the menu. And when I did level up uh, to unlock at least the next rank of stuff, there's nothing there. So it's like some weird server issues they've been having for the last few days, so definitely once they get these issues fixed, they're going to have to extend the event and all that, because uh, otherwise people aren't really able to play to the full extent they would want to for those. And of course, you got people on the internet, uh, on Twitter and such, being super pissy about it, like, where are my free items and all this? And it's like, man, just calm down. It's going to be okay. For a game that gives you hundreds of items anyway, it's not... Like, those free ones are going to be anything amazing anyway. Um, but yeah, it's time to have fun, because uh, when it's up, at least. Uh, but yeah, definitely hoping they get the issues sorted out, because also they were supposed to start their uh, Rocket League Championship Series, uh, like World Championship stuff, uh, this weekend, and had to push it uh, as a result. Which is uh, not great for them, especially when they got a lot of people getting their schedules and all that cleared up just for that. Um, but yeah. Otherwise, it's been alright. Just having to not be able to play it 100% of the time I want to, but that's fine. Uh, let's see. I streamed yesterday 7th Sector. It's one of the new releases coming out this week. Uh, it is a Russian cyberpunk game uh, influenced by Inside and uh, Limbo, that kind of game. Uh, though you're not controlling a character, per se. Uh, you're kind of controlling at least like a digital character, I guess. Uh, like this electrical impulse that's traveling down these uh, power cables and is trying to, I don't know, get to some ultimate point, but you're solving a lot of puzzles and such along the way. Uh, and yeah, it's coming out on consoles this week on the 5th. Uh, PS4, Switch, Xbox One. I think it's gonna be twenty bucks. Uh, it was pretty good in the game and uh, for the stream. Uh, the only issues I had is just some points. Either I was too stupid to realize how to solve a puzzle, 
or had some weird thing happen where it seemed like maybe a bug or something happened to cause me to not uh, get to where I was supposed to be. Because uh, like one point I had to activate an elevator. I, have, I had to figure out a code for an elevator uh, by going to a different room and uh, uh, figuring out what numbers were showing up there. And had to take it back, put in the code just right, got it to the elevator again, uh, and tried to activate it. And I guess I was supposed to hold the left stick down when I was activating it, even though I don't think I had to do that before when I used the elevator. And had a weird, uh, and I don't know, like the arrows pointing down, like suggesting, like, oh, we can just uh, keep going down. But I had to, I reloaded, which luckily the, the, the save points they have are pretty common, so you're not losing too much progress. So I just redid it. Uh, it seemed to work that time. Like another time, I had to use a phonograph uh, to listen to a specific track that then would activate some weird, like black light that showed me a code uh, behind this dude that uh, killed himself in the bathtub, uh, kind of thing. Which I didn't really realize because I was just listening to it. Figured I didn't need to be in control of the photo, the, the phonograph at the same time. So a couple weird things like that where it's very specific about how you do things. And it's not necessarily completely obvious up front. Uh, but otherwise, uh, it was pretty good so far. Uh, there's one point I had to control a remote control car. Uh, complete with uh, the two weird sticks the, the one that just moves left and right to, for steering and the other one that goes up and down for uh, forward and reverse kind of thing, which was pretty hard to control when you're in like a uh, a 2D camera. I'm trying to figure out, because the whole point of that was uh, putting enough weight into the elevator so that it could be activated kind of thing. But uh, the cyberpunk part of it, so far it's not been telling like an explicit story, but you've been able to kind of pick up stuff. Uh, from the environment. Uh, and it's kind of like a Russian cyberpunk uh, future uh, with a lot of Russian on posters and such around, but also some Japanese uh, to it, which makes me kind of want... I uh, wish that uh, the Russian was translated so I could understand exactly some of the messaging. There's a little bit of English in there, but not too much. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be out this week coming up. Uh, on all the consoles. And uh, uh, for EA Access, Men 20 finally hit the vault uh, the other day, so I was playing some of that yesterday. And just getting into the game itself takes a while when you take a break. Because uh, if you've done any of the, like the Twitch Prime card pack stuff, or if you're a member of EA Access, they give you a bunch of packs, and it takes forever to get through all those menus. Uh, especially when... They give you certain packs that require you to pick a team first before they give you the cards uh, out of it, because uh, you're basically picking like what team, what team's players do you want uh, to be the the pool from which they pick them, uh, that kind of thing. And even after going through all that, there were still packs that I hadn't opened yet, because they give you two packs and just open the one, which is pretty inefficient, but. Uh, Otherwise, getting into the, the game itself uh, still plays pretty well. Uh, main issue with the 
with this game is just it's kind of it's kind of the same as last year. They didn't really make too many changes to anything, nothing major at least. So maybe they're holding stuff back for next gen. Uh, but yeah, it's solid so far, and it's on EA Access, so you can play it freely. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, and also been playing more Noita on Steam, uh, which has been still a lot of fun. I found a really good uh, spell wand that combo that I like, which is uh, this bouncy spell, uh, which when you get uh, a bunch of them on the different ones have different amount of slots for spells to put in there. So if you get a bunch uh, and one that has pretty low uh, casting rates, you can kind of essentially have like a magic uh, AK-47 that's shooting these uh, like little laser shots that will also bounce around. So you can kind of be a little bit sloppy in terms of your aim, but uh, still just run through a bunch of enemies. Uh, The only issue I had with uh, the one good run I had is that uh, it crashed after I killed a bunch of people and caused a bunch of uh, explosions and such, I guess it was just too much physics going on. Uh, but luckily it saved, but it saved the, the spot I was at, but not the the stuff that happened. So it just respawned all the enemies around me. So I just got swarmed eventually. Uh, but yeah, that game, that game's still a lot of fun. Still having, I think they've fixed, fixed the issues where the, the frame rate would drop into single digits, but uh, they've, Got it more solid now, so uh, it pretty much is either 60 or 30, depending on how much crap is going on at once. Uh, and I've been sort of exploring more of the uh, the mines because when you start a run, you are starting like outside of these mines that you're going in. Uh, and I've figured out that you don't necessarily have to go in them. Uh, there's some uh, area that's outside of the mines, and sometimes they have like chests or wands or items outside of there. But uh, one of the times when I went to gather all the stuff I could, uh, then a bunch of enemies just decided we're just going to swarm you from out here and just kill me before I even actually get into the game, the proper game itself. Uh, but yeah, that game's been a lot of fun. Been one I just kind of uh, pick up here and there for 30 minutes to an hour uh, when I've you know got a podcast on or uh, Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Uh, it's been a really good sort of companion game for that stuff. And uh, that's been pretty much it. Uh, we're going to be doing a stream here at about 4 o'clock after the uh, the podcast is done. Uh, going to stream some Doom. Uh, we're going to stream some of the new Doom, the 2016 Doom. Uh, kind of getting ready for uh, Eternal coming out uh, next month. And I kind of want to get back into that game because it's been a while since I've played it. And uh, yeah, uh, at some point I'm going to get Phil on. We'll go play some of the the mod stuff they added to the original Doom uh, on consoles. And that'll be uh, fun to kind of check out that stuff and see how much uh, they hate us for giving us a sigil. Because <laughs> from what I've heard and seen, it's it's very much a game for people that have finished all of Doom and survived yeah. and need more. Uh, and we'll get into that at some point here in the, the next few weeks when... Uh, before the for Eternal comes out, so that'll be fun to kind of get some more Doom in there. Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, that's the stream uh, for tonight. Uh, get that done before the Super Bowl starts, mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty much it. How about you, Lee? Uh, I haven't doing. I haven't really been doing shit. Um, 
I've been working my way through the messenger, got the little, you know, twist or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it, but I feel like I kind of lost steam. Um, and, uh, we, we just, we've got a lot going on here. My wife was in a car accident this week, so I haven't really had time to do shit, uh, except run around like, uh, my head's being chopped off multiple times and I am a chicken just going, Ooh! so it's been, uh, it's been wild. So, um, yeah, that's been pretty much it. Just trying to play what I can on the Switch. I, I have played a little bit of, uh, I've gotten like maybe six minutes into Gems of War that you recommended, Chris. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'll get there. Uh, yeah. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, just I haven't been doing shit. I haven't had time. Yeah, it's a perfect kind of casual game just to jump into, play a few matches, and pop out when you need to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to, to get that. Um, and actually have time for it, but you know, it just hasn't, this has not been the week. Work has been absolutely bananas as well. So, you know, I'm just, man, I'm just trying to get through it. <laughs> I really am, you know? Yeah. So that's about it. All right. Uh, so, uh, we got a new month, which also means we got new free games from PS plus and games with gold. Um, yeah. Start with PlayStation plus here. Yeah. Uh, yeah pretty decent month, honestly, for over here. Got, uh, let's see, Bioshock the Collection. Uh, so that's yeah. three good games right there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, some some good games for people that have not checked out those games before. Yeah. Yeah, I know what I'm downloading tonight. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Well, that'll um, be on Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to wait a few days. Mm-hmm. Crap. Uh, it's a also, solid. Yeah. Also got The Sims 4. That's, uh, that's part of it. Yeah. So, Which is also pretty good. Yeah. I played the console version of that. It runs runs and controls a lot better than you might expect for a PC uh, game like that. Yeah. Uh, but they also might have added controller, uh, keyboard, and mouse support, I think, hmm. to this version. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, but if so, that uh, might be even better for people to have that stuff available. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Firewall Zero Hour, which was added added recently, so that's uh, you know yeah, uh, get if, some if you got some VR, VR stuff going on, going on there, you can uh, play that. Be a good year to start doing more of that because they'll want more people on board for getting the headset itself, as well as uh, for the PS5 uh, launch, have more of a built-in library for people that want to hop in then. Yeah. Plus, from what I've heard, that's uh, actually a really solid shooter in its own right. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, basically time. Rainbow Six Siege for VR. Yeah, and it actually works. Yeah, so, so pretty good month for PlayStation Plus uh, subscribers. Uh, then we got uh, Xbox Live, uh, four games over there as usual, uh, which doesn't seem as great. No, yeah, TT Isle of Man was the first one. Um, uh. Which is probably an okay motorcycle racing game, but I, I guess also there's a bunch thing. of those. Like uh, I think the new Monster Energy Supercross is out mm. this week. Uh, three, yeah. third one. Yeah. Uh, so it's like okay, maybe they're counter programming that mm-hmm. <laughs> with a game that has a very weird title. Yeah. Uh, TT Isle of Man. You know what? Which yeah. I realize Isle of Man is an actual place. Yeah. Uh, and race course. That I think Formula One also races at. Yeah. But still. Hmm. It's not the sort of thing that strikes up uh, interest in people 
No, it's definitely not a, would... not a mainstream title that I would by any means. Yeah, especially be the first one of the month. Yep. Uh, I guess it's second title it's not necessarily the same either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Cthulhu. It's for a very specific audience. Yeah. That doesn't care about qualities. From I've heard it's not it's super not great. great either. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's got uh, a stellar stellar picture. Horror. Yeah. So we got that going on. With all yeah. the racism you want out of a Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we got uh, Fable Heroes, which is a thing that apparently exists. Uh, I don't even that know. That was uh, a late Xbox 360 indie game hmm. uh, that features like uh, voodoo doll kind of characters, versions of Fable characters. Okay. Uh, it's a weird like beat em up kind of thing. Huh, that's an interesting choice. Well, that's the reason nobody really remembers it. <laughs> I guess. Because I think it was a, a summer of arcade game, and I don't recall too many people buying it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, wrap up the month with uh, the OG Star Wars Battlefront uh, on the original yep. Xbox. Uh, yep. Which you can't play multiplayer anymore, because Xbox Live, the original one, doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah, like Steam version I think to have online support. Yeah, Steam and God works point. now. So, uh, but hey, it's free with your subscription, so you could get an idea of whether you want it, and then buy the PC version, which you could actually play online. So yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I think Sony did a little bit better this month, to be honest. <laughs> so heard that. Uh, yeah. So let's keep on going with, uh, with the rest of the stuff. Uh, so I uh, remember last week when I said uh, it was very uh, odd that uh, Nintendo hadn't uh, said they weren't doing anything. Y- yeah. Well, apparently yeah. Doug Bowser listens <laughs> to the show, and uh, he turned to his assistant and went, "Wait, wait, we didn't get the uh, press release out yet." Jeez, Christ! What, what are you waiting for? Get that shit out. We need to make uh, Phil look like an ass. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, they're doing one. His, his whiskey glass, going that Canadian son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, but yeah, so they're they're doing an Animal Crossing themed Switch. It's coming out a week before the game does. Uh, Which looks really nice too. It actually does look very nice. Uh, $299. Yeah, those pat- pastels are pretty clean. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 300 bucks uh, should be pointed out. Does not come with the game. Nope. No. So wait, uh, wait, what? No, doesn't come with the game. Just uh, bullshit. Really? Yeah. And yeah, it comes out before yeah. the game comes out. Yeah. Oh, that's comical. <laughs> I think it's been pretty common for Nintendo. Yeah. Of late yeah. on the Switch. And... Nintendo sucks. Yeah, double dipping. Getting people to buy the, the, the themed like, Switch. You, you and get then... the fancy pants console, but you can't. Man, fuck y'all. <laughs> Bowser, if you're listening, eat a dick. <laughs> yeah. He is a Bowser. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, if uh, you can also get a case and screen protector to keep your uh, nice shiny new switch in good working order. So uh, uh, there's that, I suppose. Uh, so that answers that question. Uh, thanks, Doug. Uh, but anyways, uh, next up, we got a release for the Switch coming soon: The Outer Worlds. Uh, if you haven't played it yet, you'll be able to play it on the Switch in March. Uh, Hopefully, it runs pretty well. Yeah, um, Xbox yeah. One version wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, should probably point out that uh, if you buy the retail version, you don't get a cartridge. It's download only. So yeah, 
Enjoy. Do we know? Do we know what the manufacturing cost is on these cartridges? Because more and more people seem to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, I, I, I'd imagine there is some sort of cost to, to it. Probably a couple of bucks, and that's a couple of bucks that would be eating into their profits. Uh, Depends on how big the game is, too. Yeah. Statistics, which size card they need. Yeah. So if this is, I think the the Xbox One version is like forty gigs. Okay, so, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a sizable amount of money for uh, thirty-two gig, or if they even offer bigger ones, that might be an issue as well. I think thirty-two right now is the biggest that they can uh, that they can do, uh, and I I haven't seen all that many games to go that high to be honest. Uh, so no. yeah, Witcher came close, but still. Uh, so yeah, if you uh, are going to the store to pick up this game for your Switch, you're buying a box with a download code, so uh, save your money and just download the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the better way to go. Uh, but anyways. Uh, in other news, uh, Nintendo Switch has sold 52 million mm-hmm. since its uh, launch in 2017. Yeah, it was 2017 when it launched. Yeah, yeah. Three years ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's about f- four times more than the uh, Wii U ever sold. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's actually passed the SNES as far as sales numbers, which is uh, uh-huh. yeah. it's pretty remarkable. Passed pass the Xbox One as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Uh, At least what we guess their numbers are because they don't tell anybody what they are. Yeah. I think, it was, I think it was estimated like, was it like 40, I think. Yeah, 40 is yeah. what they were estimating. But... Like that, yeah. Yeah. But it's still an estimate because they just only want to talk about, you know, month-over-month uh, month improvement on subscription sales and such. Yeah, Microsoft really doesn't like to talk specific numbers because uh, they're low. <laughs> uh, they tend to, to focus on is engagement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Which is fine, but also people like to know how many people, what the audience is, yeah. essentially, for potential games. Yeah. Well, I, I think the Xbox One audience is pretty substantial regardless. It's probably not as big as the Switch, obviously, but uh, if you put out a game on the Xbox One, I don't think it's not going to be seen by anybody. So, uh, yeah. You know, so there's that. Um, so congrats. Uh, you know, three years uh, they did it in, well, yeah, record time. Uh, it's actually getting pretty close to uh, original Wii numbers at this point. They keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so next up, what do we got here? Oh, Google Stadia. Uh, so for February, uh, Google Stadia Pro subscribers are going to be getting Guilt and uh, yeah, Metro Exodus for free. Wait, I thought you meant like Guilt is in like they bought it. Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are actually already getting that. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, the Stadia subreddit is getting amazing. It's just, and, and especially when you start to see like. The same people who are real Stadia boosters going, no, man, I'm done. <laughs> and it's, I, th- I think as people like start to actually use the platform and, and have a, a longer term relation with it, more and more cracks in the entire idea start to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the fact that, you know, Google lately has been mostly radio silent and, you know, updates have slowed down and it's like, well, has uh, Google just given up on Stadia already? Mm. And that does seem to be the perception at this point. I don't know if it's the reality, but, you know, uh, 
if you don't do anything about perception, it becomes reality. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think by the by this time next year, we'll probably be saying R.I.P. Stadia because I don't think it's going to even make it through the end of 2020. If I'm perfectly honest. Mm. Uh, but yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, this is this is turning out to be like a almost like another example of uh, what was that freaking that console back in the day that Steve Jobs was putting out? Oh, um, no crap. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what the title is. It's the Pippin. Yeah, hmm. and that thing basically was a blip that nobody gave a crap about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, that's it was that. Uh, then what do we got here? Faster Star Online 2 is kind of sort of launching in February uh, for mm-hmm. Xbox One. Yeah, beta. Beta. Uh, Which uh, you can access, at least potentially sign up for it in the Insiders app, which I think I did a while ago. Hopefully I can get uh, access to this, maybe stream it if uh, they're allowing that. I don't know. I don't see why they wouldn't. But you never know with them. Uh, I don't know. A lot of Can't people. anybody know about this <laughs> five-year-old MMO? Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of people no, looking actually forward to it. So. Mm, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, other MMO news. Uh, Torchlight Frontiers is no longer an MMO. It is now Torchlight 3. Yeah, going to be kind of playable offline. Have, you know... Uh, four classes, all that kind of stuff that two had. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, that's a bit of a pivot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. But also, it's not going to be a free-to-play game. Yeah. So potentially, you're going to have less microtransactions and stuff like that in it. Yeah. yeah, I still need to pick up the console version of Torchlight Two, but well, I'll get to that soon, probably before yeah. this is released. <laughs> so, so hopefully. Uh, other news, the Behemoth has announced their new game. It's Alien Hominid Invasion. Yeah, they're kind of remaking the original game. Uh, putting it out on... Oh, they haven't announced platforms yet. But uh, I'm excited for this. I have not been too into their last two games. Hmm. Uh, Battle Block Theater and I forget what the strategy RPG was. And Castle Crashers? No, the, hmm. the one they put out on Xbox One and PC that... Uh, it wasn't kind of early access for a while, and then nobody's ever talked about it, really. Huh. <laughs> it was like a turn-based RPG. Well, that's the first I've heard of it, so I'm guessing that yeah. might have been part of the problem. Yeah, so hopefully they're not just sticking the wagon to Microsoft hmm. on this and getting it out elsewhere, because this is one of the first big indie games on consoles. Uh, it came out on actual retail discs for GameCube and maybe some other platforms. Hmm. Uh it was a cool, kind of maybe Contra-esque but, uh, shooter, but very silly and stupid Yeah. Uh, in a way that was a lot of fun. And then it came out on, I think, just XBLA as far as digital platforms. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but still, it was a game. One of the games that put them on their map, as well as Castle Crashers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good game. It was very difficult from what I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that seems to be the MO of the Behemoth. They just make games that are just brutal, but also really stylish. Yeah. Mm. So this is going to be more a just a a remake of the first one. So. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 
they've only shown like a teaser trailer for it, so or reimagining yeah. as as they might say. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Yeah. Well, look forward to that. Let's just hope it's not you know single platform. But well if it, yeah. if it comes out on Xbox, chances are it's gonna come out on PC as well, because that's mm-hmm. generally Microsoft's MO there. So Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, another bit of quick one here. Uh, Mortal Kombat animated movie that we talked about a while back is uh, out yep. April 12th. So mm-hmm. get your stream on on that. Yeah, Mortal Kombat Legends, uh, Scorpion's Revenge. Yep. yep. Uh, on digital platforms, April 12th, and then DVD Blu-ray, April 28th. Hmm. Uh, the trailer I have here looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does. Yep, you're watching that. Definitely far superior to any animated Mortal Kombat content that's been made up to this point, that's for sure. Hmm. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, that original Mortal Kombat in the 90s was pretty epic. I say with sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> well, those like the worst of 2D and 3D animation. like <laughs> Mashed together. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, dear God, what the hell was that, were they thinking? Mm. Were those uh, crappy PS1 games, uh, Mortal Kombat Legends, branded? Uh, mythologies. Mythologies. Mythology, and there was just one. Yeah, they didn't get zero one. They were planning another. Yeah. Yeah, they I were, but far. they didn't. Hmm. So, I was going to say, maybe they were trying to bring that brand out of the, the show. No. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. <laughs> wonder what the reaction to that would have been. It's like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> All of the trauma from well, back in the day is returned. Uh, yeah. So, anyways. Uh, in uh, good preservation news, I guess, uh, over 36,000 Flash games have been preserved for you to download yeah. and play offline. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the work of the people behind Flashpoint. Because uh, as you might know, Adobe is stopping support of Flash by the end of this year. Yeah, uh, they announced that a few years ago, uh, which is kind of crazy because Flash uh, is a nightmare of a platform uh, as far as security no purposes. Kidding. <laughs> uh, Adobe still, in general is a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> yeah, nice. and, uh, unfortunately, it's been the backbone of many many web games. Uh, for the last twenty some years, uh, to the point of even lots of lots of the games you know today, uh, Alien Hominid came yeah. out of places like uh, Newgrounds, where that was all Flash games. Yeah, uh, and places are converting their stuff over to like HTML5 and other stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, these these guys managed to uh, get through a bunch of get a bunch of the games uh, and they're uh, taking suggestions for others to pull up uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, you can kind of uh, check it out, uh, download some stuff, uh, especially uh, stuff like Nanaka Crash, which is a, an amazing Flash game if you ever played that. Uh, that is basically like a high score game where you are, it's just about anime, an anime I guess, uh, but you're a uh, basically taking your bike and smashing to the back of somebody and trying to bounce them as far as you can. Bouncing them through a bunch of stuff. Uh, very fun little thing. But yeah, there's... I say it's about 290 gigs of stuff. Yeah. If you want to download all of it. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, they got a... So they have a smaller version only downloads games as you play them if you want to uh, do that as well. Yeah, they did their own so, player too, which is kind of nice. 
Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the. Yeah, the Flashpoint is what the the open source tech is called. Yeah. Uh, so you can definitely check that out. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can check out the way we played web games back in the day. Yeah. Oh Look, God! I, I'm, yeah. I'm all for this. Uh, if if it means that I can still play these old games, and that's that's great. But if I never have to deal with Flash on the internet again, again it will be too soon. Uh, Especially the like security uh, pop-ups and all yeah. that. Or the uh, love the like old restaurant websites where it's like one giant Flash page. Uh, so yeah, when you don't have Flash enabled and you go to that site, it's just like a blank square. That's yeah, like, yep. that's real great. So uh, yeah, goodbye Flash. Uh, but uh, say hello to these thirty-six thousand canes because uh, there actually yep. is some really good stuff in there. So anyways. Uh, and now we'll talk about Blizzard, uh, because uh, well, they released <sighs> Warcraft 3 Reforged. Um, and it bombed. Boy. Okay. You had one job, Blizzard. Uh, These guys just stay fucking up. It, it's it's terrible. It's, yeah. Uh, it's like, basically, they were going to do a remaster of uh, Warcraft 3. Uh, the 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 promise uh, and the expectation was that there would be, you know, nice UI updates, that there the cinematics and voiceovers would be redone, and, you know, it would be a really nice, loving uh, re- retelling of the Warcraft 3 story. Yeah, that, that's, that's not what you got. Nope. But, uh, that's... Part of it, to be fair, God, and I hate to fucking say this, but to be fair, part of it was because the community was bitching at them and saying... We don't. We don't want you to do this. We don't want you to replace the original cinematics. We don't want you to. And at that point, why even fucking do it then? Yeah. If the community doesn't want it, then just update it so it can. You know, it's it's much more playable on newer machines. Make it so you can put in you know different resolutions, and then call it a fucking day. Yeah. Um. But they didn't do that. This is like the equivalent of like a half-assed half-ass. Yeah. Half-ass, half-ass. That'd be like a quarter-ass. Like my man Ron Swanson says, never half-ass anything, son. Or never half-ass two things, son. Whole-ass one thing. Like, that's just what they needed to do here. And it's just... Blizzard, I don't know, man. It, it feels like the entire brain trust of, uh, over there that made everything that they did awesome has just completely been hollowed out. Um, and and this is just another example of it. I mean, they they completely fucked up BFA. They fucked this up. They fucked the Hearthstone thing up. Um, yeah, you know, it feels like the only competent team they have over there is the Overwatch team, and that's because that Overwatch team is made up of a shit ton of old WoW developers. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, you know, and who is as far as I as I'm aware of, uh, like guard their stations with uh, like shotguns and don't let anybody t- talk to them. So yeah, uh, that's... which uh, for be honest, right now is probably the uh, right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the the corporate entity over there is yeah they're not not handling things very well. Yeah, uh, which is evidenced by the fact that uh, they've basically claimed all copyrights to uh, any custom game that uh, the community would care to do with Warcraft Three. It pretty much goes against, like, the whole spirit of, you know, the Blizzard ethos. Uh, yeah. Or at least the historical Blizzard <laughs> historical, ethos. yeah. 
Yeah, though I kind of get it with the way that essentially the whole MOBA idea was ripped out of their game and made huge money for Riot and Valve, uh, where they were kind of uh, forced to make their own like bootleg version of it. Uh, they definitely saw like, whoa, these people are making billions off of our mod. Uh, not that I necessarily think they are doing the right thing, but I yeah. definitely get why they're doing it because they're like, what it's something we would have liked to have the, the right of first refusal upon expanding it. Right, exactly. Uh, it becomes that. Well, what if what if you come up with some custom game and then it's the next Dota and then we're sitting there holding the bag? Like, it's a little hard not to be kind of understanding there. Yeah, uh, doesn't say it doesn't mean it's right, but yeah, I, I think they would. I think they would definitely like to be the ones to be able to say like, oh, here's you know, Dota three. Let's Let's work together and make this a bigger thing. Yeah, the thing about you know Dota when that came out, uh, nobody made any money off of that game. It was yeah. a mod. Uh, if you wanted to play it, you needed Warcraft three. Yeah. Uh, it's only when it started to get really big and they started to run into limitations is when they started looking at put it, porting it over to their own engine. And at that point, it's. It's no longer it doesn't no longer belongs to Blizzard. It's not. Yeah, though the the other issue was also who owns it because there were a bunch of people that worked on it and a number of them just went their own way. Yeah, uh, uh, like Icy Frog was one of them. Went to Valve. Uh, other ones created like Heroes of New Earth. That was a whole thing that was early on. Uh, and there were a couple others like that. Yeah, that's, that's not uh, you know that's not Blizzard's fault that the people who like did the project no. can't get shit together. Yeah. No, that's also kind of that whole thing of like, oh, from the creators of Mass Effect, and there's like four games like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what the that. fuck does that mean? Technically. <laughs> it just means yeah. you've, you know, it's like when you say like, oh, from the, the creators of, you know, this hit movie, it's like, that's not the same people. It's this random guy that had nothing to do with it or this guy that funded it, that yeah. kind of thing. Or the intern that brought them coffee. You know, it's, yeah. it's it could, could, literally be anybody uh but yeah that's the way that blizzard has handled this whole situation is just yeah especially some of the language that they're using yeah is they're they're asking you to not only uh sign basically give them an exclusive right to do anything they want uh but they also want you to sign over your moral rights that's in the language that's just yeah, it. I mean, there's look, there's no way around it. Like no. what what they're asking for feels scummy. Um, and, and again, I can understand to a certain extent, like where they're like, okay, we're just protecting ourselves. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there. I just once again, Blizzard is sort of like the example of there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things, and the way that Blizzard is doing it is the wrong fucking way. Yeah, I mean, who was it that yeah. said the uh, the the tighter you uh, tighter you <laughs> you Clutch your fist, the, the more slips through your fingers. I think that was yeah. what? Yeah. Or Palpatine? Uh, yeah, good old wise sage Palpatine. <laughs> so, and that's but, this is a pretty good example of that. Just by putting all of that language in, basically it ensures that you're never going to have the next big thing because nobody's going to want to make it on your platform. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, I to a certain extent, you know, not not trying to be an apologist, but I do I do sort of feel where they're coming from. But at the same time, this is also another one of those situations where it's like, 
somebody should have just had a conversation about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I instead, instead of just letting the legal department go, they want to do what? Hmm. Or this happened last time? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's not let that happen again and put in some ironclad language in there. I'm sure, like, if you probably dig deeper, there'll be something about Bobby Kotick owning your soul or some shit. Yeah. Well, I didn't see that part, but I didn't look at all of the fine print, so you never know. Yeah, but it's. I mean, like, like I said, I do get uh, the intention because they did, they don't want to miss out on anything big that might have happened. But like I said, it's if you like grip this tightly you're you're going to ensure uh, that the next big thing never does happen on this platform especially with the, the rest of the response from uh, the community about the, the product in general it's like well the other thing that's really interesting here is that um you know the to me this happening and i'm not trying to be hyperbolic but to me this happening really i think signifies the wiping away of old blizzard like this is this is the last vestige I think of the company that pretty much said we will keep our games on as you know online as long as the lights are on mm-hmm. you know um and oh the other thing too is that as this as reforged came out they disabled the original WoW 3 client yeah uh-huh. so that's just something else and it's like you know again like on one hand I, I think to a certain extent Blizzard has been paralyzed by their own um, their own audience, their own audience that is has got it in their head, and this has been a problem with WoW and pretty much every game that they've come out with. Because the minute the minute that they try to do something new, somebody fucking throws a hissy fit, right? Yeah. Um, and and so like with this, you know, with Reforge, it, it seemed like you know all the builds that we saw and like the demo that I had played. This really seemed to be a thing where they were going to be like, okay, we're going to do some really cool some really cool shit and we're going to line things up. So this matches more with, wow, we're going to clean up a lot of this stuff, but we're not going to alter the way the the game plays. And then, you know, they just started getting nitpicked by their own audience, which I don't know would necessarily be a problem if they released reforged and then kept the old game client up. So you could do, you could do the equivalent of a wow um, classic versus wow, whatever the fuck we call it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which is like, you know, there's two versions of this. You just play the one that you want. Yeah. Um, but they didn't go that route. They disabled the original WoW, uh, or excuse me, World of Warcraft. Oh, God, excuse Warcraft me, 3. Warcraft 3 client. Um, and then now this is the only thing that they can play. And so what it does for the people that weren't interested in Reforged, that were just interested in playing Warcraft 3, this fucks them over. For the people that were interested in playing uh, uh, Reforged and they find out kind of how half-assed it is, it fucks them over. And then for the people that were genuinely interested in all of the changes that Reforged was bringing, it fucks them over. So you created a situation where you have you know, three three distinct types of customers and now none of them are happy. Yeah. And that's just a horrible business decision. And anybody that had spent two minutes with this audience would go – there's nothing wrong with giving them options hmm. and that's the route they should have gone. Instead, the route that they've gone here is there's no option for you whatsoever. Yeah. And we're giving you this half ass thing. Eat a dick. Yeah. Which is like the exact opposite of what they did with the, the, the Starcraft remaster. From, yeah. The Starcraft uh, remaster was great, hmm. which is kind of, the, it's another thing that's kind of stupefying where it's like, well, you guys know how to do this. Uh-huh. We've seen you do it. Yeah. 
You've seen you do it. <laughs> so what happened? Yeah, you it's, know? It, it's, uh, it's corporate decision making at, at its finest here. It's, and, at, and all, all of this stuff, it really just makes me like, look at Blizzard's future games and go, you know, yeah, Diablo 4 does look pretty cool, but... And there's oh, always that, a big to, me, to me, I think that's the most interesting part about this entire situation, is you have a, you have a company like Blizzard, which was, for lack of a better term, I think, uh, bulletproof for a very long time, and on the level of companies like Nintendo, where you're like, if they put this shit out, you know, at a bare minimum, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, you know, that's the bare minimum. And, you know, hopefully it'll be something, you know, mind-boggling or earth-shattering or whatever. Hmm. That's the kind of company Blizzard was. And that's completely gone now. Like, the fact that you have people that are like – because it's really kind of just proof in the pudding, right? Like, I remember years ago when the Xbox One came out and they just completely fucked up the Master Chief Collection. (laughs) Just completely fucked it up. And I was like, that's the nail in the coffin for this generation. This is their flagship, and they mm-hmm. can't even get this right. <laughs> on top of all of like, because in, in this, you know, this was on top of all of the other shit that they had done. It was the nail in the coffin, I think, for Microsoft. And we've seen, you know, so far this generation, they've basically pulled out every one of the stops that they could to sort of reverse what people think of them. Um, and you know, hopefully that'll pay dividends for them in the next generation. But I mean, the minute, in my opinion, the minute that they priced the Xbox One the way that they did, combined with just the flippant attitude that they had, with, and they had no clear messaging on what the system was actually supposed to be, you take all of that, you take Sony coming in at cheaper and more powerful hardware, and then the the Ace and Microsoft sleeve, you know, fucking Halo. They don't even do Halo properly, and to the point where what what was they finally fixed Master Chief Collection? What eight Gosh. months ago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, we're talking five years later, and they finally fix it. And mm. it's like, again, though, though that sort of behavior kind of shows you what to expect from these companies. And so, Warcraft Three Reforge literally should have been the easiest slam dunk ever. You make mm. it prettier, you update it, you're good to go. And they they couldn't even do that right. And so I think that that's really indicative of what we can expect uh, from Blizzard going forward. um, Where, you know, we're talking about the same company that years ago would cancel games because they just weren't up to par. Yeah. You know, this is a game. That's how we actually got Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was originally going to be another MMO called Titan. And. And just it seems it. like the, it seems like the only good developers at Blizzard right now are actually on the Overwatch team, and that's because they're all the old WoW devs, like we said a few minutes ago. So mm-hmm. I, I think this doesn't bode well for them at all. Um, and I think it's what we can expect going forward. I think this is actually going to be something that will probably, unless they just come out of the gate, you know, shooting and and swinging as hard as they can. I, I think this is also one of those things that you see this kind of quality get put out. For something that isn't that, and of course this is all relative, right? But something that isn't that difficult of a project compared to creating something brand new, and you botch this, like this kind of tells us everything we need to know about where Blizzard is internally. Yeah, and that's a fucking shame. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you had no doubt about uh, who was actually running things there, no, now you know. Mm, because yeah, it's uh, pretty much all of the old guard is gone at this point. 
So it's sad, but that's where we are. This is one of those kind of feels like a Sega moment to me. Like, you guys remember when Sega just kind of crashed and burned? Yeah, right around ninety five uh, when like yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was that kind of thing where you're like, when you then end up looking back at it later, you're like, holy shit, that was like a that was a mark in the sand, you know. Mm-hmm. Like after this point, things are different, and to me, this feels like kind of one of those things. Now, granted. Blizzard is not obviously nearly as prolific as a company like Sega and didn't do their own hardware, but Blizzard was the gold standard in PC gaming. Yeah. The fucking gold standard. And I, I think you could argue the gold standard in gaming in general. Like I said, with, you know, you could, again, like I said a few minutes ago, you could put in the same sentence as somebody like Nintendo. Yeah. And, and you know, now it seems like they're going to be relegated to being a punchline. Yeah. And that's really fucking sad. Because, yep. like, because at, at the end of the day, like, I, I'm, you know, I'm in software development. That shit is hard. Now, granted, I don't make games, but software development is hard. Nobody wants to just put something out and just have it be bad. Um, but this is just one of those things where it just screams, you know, um, internal fighting over what should happen, and inevitably that infer- that internal fighting had some purse strings attached to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no other way to look at it. Yep. All right, we get to our second and last story now. Uh, we've been talking about the long-rumored Switch Pro, uh, supposedly coming out this year. But uh, yeah, Nintendo has officially confirmed no, they have no plans to uh, release a Switch Pro in 2020. So uh, expect a Switch Pro in 2020. Exactly. <laughs> I would say expect the Switch Pro in 2020 or first to second quarter 2021. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, that's where it's at, guys. If I put my business uh, businessman cap on, um, I just happen to have one of those lying around here. Uh, if I'm running the show over there, uh, I'm looking at the last quarter of 2020, and I'm going, no, 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 no. Uh, I am not going anywhere near that with a with a new Switch launch. Uh, because you're, you'd be going up against uh, the Xbox Series X and the PS5. Uh, I'm not saying that Nintendo couldn't compete, uh, but there's only so much resources for people to go around. Uh, right. You know. It would be suicide for them to try and launch at that point. Yeah. Uh, March 2021 seems like a better uh, time frame and would be consistent with when they launched the original Switch. Um, so that is where I would probably try to select myself in. Uh, because at that point you've given people enough time to kind of recover from the trauma of uh, having emptied their wallets twice uh, for them to empty them again when you launch your new switch. Uh, so yeah, if yeah, so. I, I think I think the value proposition is there too in March. It is you got your new consoles, you did all that, you recovered a little bit. You probably don't have much to play, right? So. Come play on the Switch. It'll make things nicer and look cooler and shit. And you'll be good. Yeah. And it's like you can still play your old games and still have your new games. And it's much more powerful. We could actually probably hit 1080p legit. That'd be nice. Most of the time. Most of the time, maybe. Mm. Possibly. Anti-aliasing is out of the question, though. <laughs> but maybe that's what they should call it, the Switch anti-aliasing. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. You know, or Switch with the, you know. Because I think the current system could be called like the Switch Stutter. <laughs> it kind of is, okay. yeah, with no memory bandwidth to speak of. Basically, that's, that's kind of the problem. Uh, yeah, this 
But it is, you know, pretty remarkable considering it's the Switch is basically just some upcycled uh, NVIDIA Shield tablets. So, you know, they managed to get some good stuff out of that. So there's that going for them. Uh, but the next Well, generation... it's one of those things, you know, that's one thing Nintendo's really good at with their platforms. I think with the exception, really, of the Wii U is playing to that platform's strength. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you know, we don't have the power, you know, that we might have in a normal console. So even something for a game like Breath of the Wild, which I still don't think is very good, um, you you make the graphics work. So it's it, it doesn't – the art style is more important than how many polygons are there. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and kind of seeing that, I think that's really, uh, I think that's really important. And I think they've played to their strengths there. Yeah. So a part of it was, you know, just making good with what they had. Uh, but you know, if you're going for a second generation, you've already proven that the concept of the switch works. Uh, so it's, you know, if you're doing a second generation switch, you just go all out at this point and you go a full semi custom, uh, you know, right. custom chip from Nvidia, and you, you know now you put the money in for to do it. Yeah, because uh, the funny part with them going down the switch route, like I don't see how they switch it up from here. Oh my god, I can't believe I said that. I don't. Uh, let me rephrase. I don't see where they can differentiate going forward because I think that what they have works so well, and it's you know they don't have their skews. It's not like they're they're fighting you know with development for a 3ds and for a home console. Um, and they've shown that, you know, this is obviously something that people want. And, and just the ability, again, to take some of this stuff and, and play it portably in, in, a, in a much larger form factor. But then also, you know, you have the dock there, which you didn't really have before. It was usually some weird-ass accessory that didn't work right on other platforms previous. Um, you know, you have all that really kind of baked into the product. Like, how do you... How do you then in the future go, we want to have a portable system and a home console again? Because you've seen how much money they're making by putting those two together. You know, so I, I, I think that this is going to be what we're going to see Nintendo doing for a long time, where we're going to see the Switch 2 and the Switch 3. Um, maybe they go a route of making the, uh, the system, you know, in the future, maybe the system is, isn't really carrying all the weight. Maybe there's hardware built into the dock. That does a lot, you know, and, and that's, you know, kind of how they start iterating on it. But I'm just really curious how they even move away from this. And really, if they should, if they should or shouldn't, because this has obviously been very successful for them. Yeah. Well, I, I think the hints of where they're going are in the Switch Lite, to be, to be honest. Uh, that's basically a Switch without the whole docking capability. Uh, so if you extrapolate from that, it doesn't seem too out of the ordinary or outrageous to think that they might do just a dedicated console and give people options that way. Because uh, I'd imagine that they have data from people saying that, you know, the Switch is great and all, but I really don't need that screen. Just give me something I could hook up to my TV. And, you know, I, there's probably yeah. a market there. I'm sure there is, but the funny part about that is, and I'm only speaking anecdotally, obviously, for myself, but if they move back to strictly just having a home console, I don't see myself buying it. The appeal for me of the Switch is being able to do both things. Yeah, um, that's You know, like like this, this week with my wife being in a car accident, you know, she's been on the couch. And all of my gaming stuff is in my basement, in my office. Hmm. And so... 
you know, my option was is to go downstairs to play something, ignore my wife, this, you know, poor woman can barely move, or I can sit upstairs while she's watching TV and I can play my Switch, you know, and play the messenger or play whatever and still be able to be there and not really have the experience be uh, something that's degraded in a way, you know? Hmm. Um, so uh-huh. I, that's one of the reasons I've put a lot of time into my Switch. It's one of the reasons why nowadays especially um, I will wait for indie games to come out on the Switch rather than getting them on the PC because that's, you know, kind of the life that I lead is that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a normal, you know, busy adult with a child and, a, you know, a family. And so it fits very well in my lifestyle. Like we're going on vacation at the end of February. You better believe that fucking switch is coming on the plane with me, mm. you know, and just, just, I mean, we have a three hour plane ride. I'll be able to play Mario Kart with Belen and with Nathan, which is, you know, a cool thing that I really, you know, haven't really been able to do with like my three DS unless somebody else brings one with them. We can stick the dock in the, uh, in the, um, in our bag and we can hook it up to the TV at the hotel if we feel the need. Um, but then also just again for those the, the times that I'm at home and it's like I you know I want to be around my family whether they're watching TV or whatever instead of being in this basement or really kind of essentially being secluded from them and I can do that with this portable system that really doesn't compromise in the experience that it's giving me because I can just hook up a good pair of headphones to it and you know just kind of keep it moving whereas if they go back to just strictly a home console yeah the, but like the way I'm I'm Picturing it is five, and I've got a monster PC. You know, yeah. The way I'm, I'm picturing it, though, Lee, is That's not all. that the uh, is not that they specifically go back to a dedicated home console. Is that they just offer that as an option? It's still a Switch, uh, but it's like, yeah, okay, you can have a Switch Lite, or you can have a Switch that does both, or you can have the Switch that just does this. Uh, yeah, see, I think I think the model they have now is probably what I, how it's going to work going forward. Is yeah. you can have one that doesn't dock, it doesn't do shit, and then you know, they may have something that's much beefier that does dock but can do both. Right. You know. And and would but, any of us have imagined uh, like two two years ago when the Switch was about to launch uh, that this whole concept would have worked as well as it did? Uh-huh. No. I think I think the big thing that that's made a difference here is that Nintendo, I think, came out of the gate swinging, and then just kept swinging. And I think that they have really focused on trying to take care of their fans. Like I don't like I'm not a Smash player at all, okay? But like the fucking value in just that one game mm-hmm. is goddamn astonishing. You know, you could say the same thing for for Breath of the Wild. Again, not my cup of tea. But, you know, these people, use, I think the average is something like 130 hours put in that game. That's fucking crazy, hmm. you know. Um, and they've, they've just made it a place where the power doesn't matter as much. And I think, I, I think the other reason that it's worked well for them, too, is I think if this had been any other time that they had launched the Switch, I would argue that I don't think it would have been as successful as it has been. I think the big reason... Besides the fact that Nintendo's put out games, it's been really supported well. I think another big reason for it is that I think we're at a at a point in time in the games industry where it feels like most dub, or excuse me most AAA titles are completely homogenous. So having a system like this that doesn't necessarily need to carry those titles to be successful has worked out extremely well in their favor. Because the other thing too is that 
I think most people that have a Switch also have another console. So it's it's in the same way that you know when people had a uh, a Wii U or a Wii previous, they also had another console. I think Nintendo recognizes that fact um, and has really created options for people. So you can have a PS4, you can have an Xbox One, and you can have a Switch, and you can pretty much you know cover all types of games that are out there, and you can play it on one system or the other. Um, and, and I think that's worked out tremendously in their favor. I think a previous generation, it probably would not have been that way. Mm. Um, like, like a perfect example is, do you remember how much the Wii struggled at the end, even though it sold like fucking gangbusters? Do you remember how many games didn't come to the Wii? Mm-hmm. Because they, just the power was irrelevant. It just couldn't do shit. Yeah. And then the Wii U, you know, had similar issues it's where it was yeah. out last gen games. Um, and where those last gen games meant a lot to be on the system. And I, I, I think that's just something they haven't had to be concerned with, um, this generation because I would, again, I would argue that the AAA space is so homogenized and you can get that same experience on the PS4, Xbox One, or on the PC with a much higher frame rate for those kinds of titles. So I think that's allowed Nintendo to really shine with what is on their platform and what differentiates them. Yeah. Um, and and they haven't had to lean as much on those other titles, um, even though they're you know there now. Like the amount of content on the switches is, is stunning, frankly. Yeah, in a way, uh, the switch is kind of delivering on what the Ouya was setting out to do. I think yeah. it just blew everybody's mind there. Yeah, no, I could see that. Oh, if you're for a minute, I thought you were going to say engage, and I was going to be like, huh. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that's probably I think that's probably pretty pretty fair, and uh, I mean it's just you know, and I also think you know with what we were talking about as well is that Nintendo has gained tremendously from not having to develop for two different hardware types, hmm. just being able to develop for the Switch. I mean, has has let them produce more content faster and at a better clip than, than what they've been able to do previous. And I think that's made a huge impact as well. Yeah. So there really aren't, there really aren't very many dry spells with this system, mm. which is pretty fucking astonishing. Like yeah. it seems like every quarter there's, there's, you know, at least a couple of big games coming out for it. And that's, that's just hard to do. And, and especially in a saturated environment like this, where there are so many games coming by and coming out, like think about that right now. Like how many big games are coming out where you're like, I'll wait. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you you throw Nintendo's titles in the mix, and you know just seeing. By the way, we've done some of our game of the year stuff. Fire Emblem was obviously one where people didn't wait. Not on this team, mm. you know. Um, the latest Zelda it looked like a lot of people didn't wait. And then you had other stuff that was you know for lack of a better term could be first party like Astral Chain, um, and, and and games like that that were coming out. And it's like it's just really played up to the strengths of where the market is right now. It's it's. It's one of those things where, like I said, I think they got very lucky in that sense. Like, especially with the rise of indie developers and, and the, you know, sort of the double A market coming back. I mean, they just could not be positioned better because those titles don't require the power of something like whatever some whatever one of these games out there is. Dead by Daylight, Death Light, Death, whatever the fuck. Any of these AAA titles that you probably wouldn't play on your fucking Switch anyway. You know, but you can have games like The Messenger. You can have stuff like Neo Cab, Katana Zero. Um, you know, even to the point now, like where Divinity Original Sin 2 is on the fucking system, Mm. you know, um, and then you couple that with the Zeldas, with the Marios, with Smash, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I I definitely could not have imagined Nintendo being this successful, but they were definitely in the right place at the right time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever is, uh, 
the, whatever the formula was, it's definitely worked for them. So we'll see how they go from there. Which means they'll probably fuck it up next generation. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll move on to our last story of the day, and this should be an interesting one. Um, we've uh, talked a lot about E3 and its uh, waning relevance. Uh, apparently, uh, the ESA hasn't exactly... Uh, well, uh, they've taken notice uh, because they say that uh, they intend to shake things up going forwards, and uh, they've used language in there about uh, trying to regain people's trust. Which, yeah. you know, given they accidentally doxed a whole bunch of journalists, is probably a thing that you might want to want to consider saying. Uh-huh. Uh, so the the question I have is, uh, too little too late, or can they actually turn this around? Uh, they can go fuck themselves. Okay, <laughs> Basically. Then. <laughs> uh, so they doxed people, thousands of people, over the course of 15 years. Including you. Uh, last yeah. week, last year. <laughs> Luckily, most of my information from then uh, is different now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their whole thing was like, oops, sorry. <laughs> it's like, that's not an adequate excuse when people have had to move, change phone numbers, do all this stuff. Uh, that's not an excuse. Like, you can't just sit here and just like, you gotta be like oops, we'll do better. Cool, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they basically said... Uh, not sure they have it here. We rebuilt the E3 website with enhanced and layered security measures, developed by an outside cybersecurity firm. Hope it's not Giuliani's security firm. Okay. Uh, this included updating our data management processes, including the handling of personally identifiable information. We will no longer store the data on that on our site. We've also changed our registration practices, and we'll collect the minimum information necessary to complete the registration. Nothing about what they're going to do for the people whose information they gave up freely. No. Uh. And yeah, I don't think they come back from that. Just from a lot of people's uh, eyes that were part of those lists that got leaked, because mm. they're basically and because like we're not using the same email address we'd use back then. I didn't get anything saying like, "Hey, you're on this list." Whoops, whoopsie daisies. That's our bad. Yeah. Uh, best Have of luck. Identity so, protection. Uh, they didn't even go yeah, that far. No, that's too much for them. Mm. Uh. And yeah, there's just been a lot of stuff. Like when you saw the their supposed response uh, to Sony pulling out again, mentioned Sony zero percent of the time. That <laughs> thing, yeah. the whole thing was titled "Response to Sony's E3 Announcement," and it was just a marketing statement. Mm. Which is like, we're gonna have more great stuff for you this year at E3, and tons of brands that have never been there before. Activations, which nobody knows what the hell they are. Uh, activations are basically just booths where you uh, hang out, take your selfies, maybe buy uh, stupid shirts, uh, meme it up, all that kind of stupid shit. Yeah, really uh, yeah like you get at you know car expos and all these other places. Um, yeah, it's all marketing speak. They put a marketing person in charge of a PR statement. Yeah. And that's but not but a good Chris thing. isn't isn't getting doxxed worth like the lanyards and shit that you got when you were there? Uh, no. <laughs> well, if they gave me free attendance for the rest of my life, maybe just uh, just putting it so. out there that you know maybe you should lower your standards and you know accept that no one's no fuck that. Yeah. I was just saying, it's 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 just another example of all of these companies that were taking in a shit ton of data about the people that fucking use their website and use their services and everything else like that. And then they didn't take it seriously. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there was a good article last year about uh, what was going on with the ESA uh, and sort of highlighted a, a number of things that have kind of created this current divide where a number of publishers are not uh, hugely into the idea of what the ESA is doing with E3 and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find the specific article. But uh, the person that was running the ESA for several years came out of the Bush administration. Uh, and then by the time he was kind of forced out in, I think, late 2018, uh, he was a hardcore Trumper. Uh, to the degree of, I guess, in his office having like Trump steaks and other Trump bullshit in there. Uh, that was. And you remember when the ESA announced support for the tax cuts uh-huh. that the Republicans put out? That was all him, not the, not the members of the ESA that uh, essentially runs the board uh, that all the major publishers are a part of, uh, that are part of the ESA, and that's you know pissed them off royally because uh, you know like a lot of creative industries uh, they're generally pretty liberal uh, in terms of uh, a lot of the ways they want to handle. Uh, diversity and all this stuff, even if they don't necessarily uh, end up with things in that sort of vein, because also lots of businessmen are running these companies mm-hmm. as well. They have their own bullshit going on. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, stuff going on. So when Sony announced that they were pulling out last year, that sort of brought a lot of publishers to sort of come together and say like what do we actually want out of uh E3 or yeah E3 and a number did not like the the way they were going with focusing on influencers and esports and streaming and all this kind of stuff cuz if you uh saw a lot of people talking about what uh have been at this past E3 uh with the public attendance uh they they were there on day 1 but Day two, much less people, and day three, it was not very many people left because they played the games they wanted to and, you know, peaced out. Well, I think that's also something that hurt them, too. Like, I think E3 had a little bit of an allure to it of, you know, this is for the industry insiders, even though we know there'd be a ton of people there that were not industry insiders. But the idea of opening it up to the entire public and, you know, for some of these people where, you know, their website is depending on their E3 coverage and things like that to make some cash, having all of that, that space be filled up with a bunch of people that these guys consider hangers on who are just there out of, you know, curiosity that are treating it like a convention. You know, that's something that was also frustrating as well, which I think has led to um, them being considerably uh, less influential um, yeah. strictly because of that. Like, so now I got to go, you know, I got to go through, I got to do this shit as well. And I got to deal with the shitty ass public. Like, fuck that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and they're trying to be a uh, a conference for all people, and that's not the best way of doing it, especially the way they're doing it. Mm. Uh, having the the media access uh, and meetings and all that business stuff going on, retailer stuff, as well as public and the the way it seemed like it went last year is like it didn't really seem to make anybody particularly happy and they're just driving 
uh, a number of companies out of the show floor, like Sony, Microsoft, EA, Activision. And it's like you're driving – those are four of the biggest publishers in the industry. Yeah. And they're not on your show floor. Uh, Microsoft's only presence is in a mixer booth, (laughs) which says a lot about the state of ESA when they're like, you know, this is an Xbox. This is mixer. (laughs) Uh, Also, the state of mixer is that they're at E3 instead of Xbox. They just held an event nearby, much like EA did. And it's like, you know, if you want – E3 to be special, you need to get everybody on board again and not just drive them away yeah. to do their own things. And yeah, that's kind of where they're at. And they're trying to put out this whole statement about shaking it up, saying, uh, we are well down the path on the development and production of a large, super fun floor experience that celebrates gaming culture in exciting new ways. We'll be showcasing E3 to the world through new streaming and digital programming while creating gatherings on the show floor that let people do what they love the most, play and celebrate games. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. That's like one of those things where if you were to like paste that thing into Word and tell it to summarize, it would come back with a blank page. Uh, yeah. You know, so I, I think kind of the ship has kind of sailed uh, as far as uh, ESA recovering uh, E3 in this incarnation, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, Honestly, if they were to just can the show for a year and regroup, uh, that might be the best thing. Or just maybe sunset it completely and just let everybody do what they were going to do anyway. Uh, you know, Sony's doing their own thing. Microsoft's doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be a uh, just big trade show. I, I know no. it's heretical for me to say that, but... Uh, yeah, I'm starting to come around to the view that, you know, maybe the relevance of just this big, bombastic show doesn't really work anymore. Nope. Just, At least not the way the ESA wants it to. Yeah, the way the ESA wants yeah. it to, I think, is more of the problem. Because you know? Gamescom still gets, like, 200,000 people easily Yeah. Uh, in a really crazy sort of event. But they also noted that you know, it's a lot easier if you give the media like two days here to do their thing and then yep. let the fans in the rest of it instead of trying to have everybody on the show floor all at once and just having a mess of shit right. going on. Right. Yeah. And I think and I think that's the big problem. And it's I you know, the funniest part about this, and I, I do mean that literally, is that if there was ever a year that E three should matter, it's this one. Yeah. You know, and so the fact that we're even having a conversation about whether or not it's relevant anymore is really kind of funny. You know, because this just is not where you would think this conversation would be headed. Yeah. You know, you just wouldn't. Yeah. Well, we've got, we're on the cusp of launching two consoles uh, within, you know, maybe a month or two of each other. Uh, and neither one are going to be directly on the show floor. Right. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's a very, very strange situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm like, I want to question the entire value of you know, the whole influencer thing to begin with. Uh, yeah. You know, because it, it seems to me from what I've watched of a lot of Twitch streamers and the, the people that are just considered influencers, uh, it's it's very transient. There's you don't get a, you don't get much dedication there. It's just like, yeah, this is a new thing. Okay, I'm done. What's the next thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And if you want to meet, you know, the people you like on Twitch, there's TwitchCon. Yeah. Like, there's an easy way of doing that, and that is at a specific convention for that. Yeah. We got PAX, Not to say, too. Yeah. PAX, where you can meet, you know, developers and uh, publishers, and they can do fun stuff, mm-hmm. as well as just hang out with other people, and that does that a lot more. And I want to say, from that article, uh, the people that run PAX now uh, offered to take over E3 for the ESA. <laughs> Uh, and they turned it down. Gonna turn that down because it's like, oh no, we're we're perfect. It's 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 fine. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, no, no, you need somebody that knows how to do exactly the thing that you want this show to be. Yeah, uh, and to do it right. Yeah, and so yeah, they end up having you know people just don't show up out of uh, lack of getting anything out of it. Others that are part of the ESA just for discounts for E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and others that just are more interested in the lobbying aspect of ESA. Yeah. Uh, which they're mostly successful at, but it depends on who's at the head of it, <laughs> what they're uh, lobbying for. Mm. I talk, the text uh, cut stuff was not uh, very pleasing for most publishers. No. Because it just, just ends up putting a target over them that it was an unforced error. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, the other part of it is that the way we consume media overall has changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back in the day, it was wait for the E3 issue. You guys remember that shit? You oh, get, yeah. like, the 400-page EGM? Oh, yeah. And it was, like, the fucking greatest thing ever, and that was because there wasn't a way to report that information any other way. And then, you know, we've moved into the Internet age, and, you know, we've gone from, okay, yeah, well, somebody updating their blogs to, you know, every fucking important site out there being there, but then the show also being so unruly and unwieldy that not everybody can even, you know, focus. And then on top of that, you have all of these other gaming conventions that I think are arguably doing it better uh, than, than what the ESA is doing with E3. And it's hard not to realize why we got to this point. Um, but again, it's just it's it's just I, I hate to say it's hysterical, but it really is like the fact that we're at this point where the we're coming out of the generation where everybody said the consoles were going to die. You remember that? Remember at the at the end of oh, I mean, people the have Xbox been saying consoles were going to die for the last ten years. So yeah, you remember at the end of the PS three sixty generation, it was the console is dead, the mobile phone is here, and then this generation came in. And just beat the brakes off of that notion, hmm. you know. Yep. So, like, if anything, this E three should be the victory lap. Like, we're fucking here. We're not going anywhere. Gaming is bigger than it's ever fucking been. More people are playing. There's better games, different kinds of games. If you want to play games, there's something out here for everybody. Like, this should be where people are rushing the doors, and not just the people should be rushing the doors, but these companies should be rushing the doors to get in and be like, let's show you everything that we have. But they don't need to because there are better conventions out there and they have better ways of getting this information to their customers. I mean, look at what Nintendo does with the directs, you know, um, there's just, there's just better ways to do this stuff now. And, and these guys just haven't evolved. Yeah. Let me just call it what it is, you know, yeah. they haven't evolved. ESA is a dinosaur. That's, that's kind of what it is. Uh, all that said, I'm still, you know, it's the time of year that I still look forward to because yeah. right now, at least uh, unless something changes going forward, it's still the time of year where everybody does their thing. Even if it's not directly related to E3, it's still around the same time frame. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of fun stuff happening there. And I, I still want to see what E3 does. I mean, uh, it's still a few months out, so I have no idea like 
if any of these changes are going to manifest themselves this early. Uh, but it's going to be a real bellwether to see what you know what goes ha- what happens in the future. So uh, this is kind of like a make or break year for E three. Really, it's like they, yeah. if they don't get the shit together this year, uh, they probably won't be in next year. Hmm. Hmm. So, and uh, I guess we'll wrap it up there. So yep. on that somewhat depressing note, I suppose. Uh, so I'd like to remind everybody, if uh, you haven't uh, subscribed to the show, you can do so at anchor.fm slash d0update. Check us out there. Uh, you can also leave us a message there. There's a button. Uh, click it and record your message, and we'll probably play it if we get any. So there. Uh-huh. Uh, you can also check us out at smashpad.com, where we've got our written content. Uh, review for, I have to be very careful in saying this name because it's unfortunate title, uh, Reknum. Uh, is now uh, they knew what they were doing uh, yeah uh, so uh, yeah that's that's available on the site along with the uh, John's review of DBZ Kakarot kind of liked it so it was good wrecked them damn near killed them <laughs> yeah, anyways wah, wah, wah. Uh, so for uh, Brandon Perkins Crystal Logie and Lee Lamb I have been Filippo Rinolfo and we'll see you next week <laughs>